Are you the type of person who wakes up early on a Saturday? I bet you are, aren't you? <laughs> if I had to venture a guess, I bet you meet some of the following criteria. 1. You were obligated to do so. That's pretty likely. 2. You're very passionate about something. This is even more likely. Or 3. Most likely of all, you're a little messed up in the head. We're all a combo of those things at some point in our lives. I could hammer home some very clever metaphors, but my point is this. It can suck really powerfully to crack your eyes open before the sunrise. And I know you do it for a reason. Welcome to My Dad, I'm Dad. A podcast for anyone who's ever loved, lost, or any of the combinations of the things in between. My name is Doug. In the tumult of opinions and advice surrounding having a child, you're bound to hear everything and anything. You get the extremely optimistic. Having a child is like raising a golden retriever that talks. And it might make you forget that Game of Thrones Season 8 sucked. To the sad sack, your life is over. Get ready to feel like every moment is Game of Thrones Season 8. Now, generally, I've found that all that talk falls somewhere in the middle. But the median for those who want kids, are having or have had a kid, or wouldn't get close to pregnancy with a 10-foot pole, is that nothing in life that is extraordinary comes easily. After three months of figuring out the best care for little Maxine, my wife and I came to the decision that one of us staying home would be ideal for the family. Instead of sharing the overly long version of that story, I'll say that my wife is incredible and I was granted the uncommon opportunity to become a stay-at-home dad. I know that makes me lucky. And my first thought was, well, hell yeah. Shit yeah, I'm going to parent the hell out of this kid. Now, if only I knew how to do all the things I would end up being trusted to do. You see, I've always prided myself as being the type to learn on the fly. Gradually, over the span of months, I become sufficient and even proficient in a work environment. But this is not work. This is my life. Maxine doesn't need my attention for eight hours a day with a nice break for lunch in the middle. No. There's no montage moments. No classic rock tunes playing as I make a few mistakes and eventually figure out how to baby-proof the house like some backward Kevin McAllister. From the first, I was in this like Marty McFly headed back to the future. Now, I don't want you to think I went in blind. I prepped as best I could. And my wife has been so damn helpful, I couldn't do any of this without her. But, this transition proved to be a little more Tom Hanks in Castaway than, say, Tom Hanks in Big. And I eventually hit my stride, so don't you worry about old Dougie D. I'm telling you. I wouldn't trade a moment with this little girl, ever. But if I'm being honest, and I were able to go back in time and tackle anything different, I might let someone else take the reins on learning about and implementing reusable diapers. That shit stank. You get it? Come on. See? I got the dad jokes down. I don't mean to only make light of this choice. It's one of the hardest I've ever made, actually. 
In fact, I can't imagine any parent has ever had an easy time deciding on the path forward when maternity and paternity leave is up. We want to be with our kids as much as possible. We want to make a comfortable living so we can provide everything for our kids. And we deserve to take some time for ourselves. Finding a balance between those things is nothing short of miraculous. So, whatever decisions you've made in regard to raising a child, staying home, daycare, nannies, help from family, those, those are the correct decisions. I know damn well you didn't come by them lightly. One thing I strive to achieve every day is Maxine feeling like every moment I spend with her is not only my responsibility, but my preference. I'm going to be honest here and say that's proved a little difficult. And I failed more often than I hoped I would. Maxine doesn't deserve or even understand my frustrations, so I do my best to wrangle those emotions quickly when they bubble up. I'm not saying I try to appear cheery all the time, but when the dog is begging for food, the dishes are dirty, the toys are in the way, and a little birdie tells me there's a dirty diaper, I try to remain level. Really, on the inside, sometimes I want to scream like Ernest P. Worrell. But I rein it in, at least to the best of my abilities. Why? For a large number of reasons, and I hope many of them are obvious. But largely because of the way I was raised. I've mentioned before that I'm a movie and books kind of guy. Always have been. You know, I, I grew into loving hiking and biking and a bunch of other outdoorsy stuff. But I was perfectly happy to sit on my ass and be entertained as a youth. I had these friends, though. And this brother. And they wanted to actively engage with life instead of just observing it. <laughs> Nerds. The only thing I enjoyed as much as entertainment was being with those friends, so I wanted to do what they did. And I got excited. I couldn't help it. I was wrapped up in it. I was going to join a soccer team. In my head, it all played out like a scene from Rudy. I was going to do great things, impress my friends, and walk away with the trophy. In reality... I lost interest during my first game and spent a fair amount of time on defense picking dandelions. But I'm not kidding you. Through all of that, Dad was on the sidelines cheering for me like I was some sort of prodigy. And Ma? She was right there with him. Both of them whooping and hollering with all the intensity of Rob Schneider and Waterboy. You can do it! Well, the years came and they went. And so did the sports. Basketball, baseball, you name it. There was one constant, though. Mom and Dad being there to take me to every practice and every game. If a team needed coaches, my folks volunteered. I'm talking years of Saturdays, weeknights, mornings, evenings. All dedicated to what had begun as just a whim. All the passion, all the lessons, all the heartbreak, victory, dandelion picking, earned as one and felt as a family. Eventually, Dad was tasked with becoming the announcer for Pee Wee League football games. Every home game, he announced all three age brackets worth of games. All day, he was up in that booth, announcing like his life depended on it. They called him the golden voice of the Great Lakes. 
His commentary was equal parts Al Kaline and Robin Williams. And fanaticism rang out from his microphone, encouraging countless kids to believe they were in THE big game. Hell, he was as geeked for the away team as much as he was for the hometown heroes. In all that time, it never occurred to me that my folks might like to be anywhere other than there with my brother and I. Not once in those sporting years did it seem to me as though they weren't fully invested in everything going on. I'm positive there were weekends where the fishing would have just been choice. Or weeknights with actual professional sports broadcasts that couldn't be missed. We didn't have VOD back then. Or some early mornings where sleeping in sounded way better than sitting in freezing cold bleachers. But I shit you not when I say that my parents showed up for everything like it was the only place on earth with oxygen. I grew out of sports eventually. Tried my hand at being in a band, making movies, other creative endeavors, yada yada. But dad and mom just kept on cheering for me. Same energy, different interests. Sacrifice is such a weighted word, isn't it? And I think that's on purpose. The act of sacrifice is heavy, you know? It insinuates that our whole lives have been lived up to this moment, and we can either do one thing to maintain, or another to change. I think we make the change choice when truly prolific love enters our lives. That can be love for ourselves, love for another, or love for a child. The love muffles the difficult times, and allows us to focus on the benefits however far in the future they may be. Turns out my folks began teaching me that lesson a few decades back, and I'm really catching up to it now. It's important to note, they weren't stay-at-home parents, neither of them. But they made every moment with us count. And if Dad were able to wrap this up in one of his signature takeaway formats, I bet he'd say something like, Do what you can, when you can, and make damn sure you're into it when you do. <laughs> I'm on it, Dad. I know he'd be extremely supportive of me through this whole process, but I could use some of that golden voice enthusiasm from time to time. In my head, it sounds a little like this. Now, stepping into the bedroom is Doug Dorda. A relatively new dad in the space, but this guy has heart. And I think we might see some fireworks here, folks. Looks like he's got his daughter in the classic football hold, and it appears he's trying to get her down for a nap. Look at that bounce. Effortless. Just like a ballerina. And what's that I hear? A soulful rendition of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Well, folks, you know what they say, the classics always look a little better with a fresh coat of paint, don't they? And I don't believe him. He's got her down. He's approaching the crib. There's the transfer. And he's out of the room. That's my son! That's my son! That's my son! Oh, what a play, folks. I think we can expect some wonderful things from this young man in the future. Dad would have done it better, but you get the idea. I'm so thankful that I get this time with my daughter. And I know I'm very lucky to be a stay-at-home parent. I'm also 
really thankful that the roadmap I have for parenthood came with a compass. North is dad, south is ma, east is my wife, and west is everything and everyone else who taught me things in my life. I'm no pro, but I'm not picking dandelions either. Well, hey, you got stories? I want to hear them. You want to be a guest? Great. Let me know. You can contact me on Gmail at mdidpodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook or Instagram at mdidpod. Thanks, as always, to Andy Bird for the use of the music in the show. And hey, if you like what you hear, subscribe for more episodes weekly. Finally, here's some Wally wisdom for you. Something he repeated constantly in those sporting years. He'd look you dead in the eyes and he'd say, Three things. Think, position, 100%. If you think about things, you put yourself in a position to give 100%. I think about that every day. Thanks for listening, folks. I'll see you next time.